You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Cody Berman. It's Grant Sabatier. Hey there, it's PT Money, and you're listening to the Earn and Invest podcast. What would you pay to change your life? A dollar? A thousand dollars? A million dollars? We all know that the best and most enduring things can't be bought with money. Love, self-acceptance, friendship, community, independence, freedom. We all struggle with these things. We all struggle to find our unique place in the world. I certainly did. Afloat in life, I had all sorts of words that defined me like doctor, husband, writer, and yet I felt lost. That is until I attended a three-day getaway personal finance gathering. Suddenly, I felt surrounded by people I truly identified with, felt close with. Shortly thereafter, I attended FinCon, a veritable carnival of personal finance knowledge, digital entrepreneurship, and social revelry. And I was transformed. There is a new conference in town called the Financial Freedom Summit. Taking place in St. Louis May 1st through 3rd, it promises to be all these things and more. And today, we are lucky enough to chat with its creators. And speaking of the Financial Freedom Summit, many attendees will be freelancers, small business people, and consultants. And what's even harder than getting that big job or account? It's getting paid for it once the work is done. That's why we are giving a big thanks to Joust for supporting Earn and Invest. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. PayArmor, Joust's invoice payment guarantee product, supports the 71% of the gig economy workforce that experiences non-payment. You can sign up for Joust for free at try.joust.com backslash W-U-N and enter the promo code W-U-N and get $100 in credits. That's try.joust.com slash W-U-N. Cody Berman is the creator of the blog Fly to Fi, the stellar podcast, The Fi Show, and co-founder of Gold City Ventures. He is probably one of the community members who has challenged my long-held and often rigid ideas about financial independence most. Cody, welcome back to the show. Wow, I am humbled. Thank you for that awesome intro, man, and I'm happy to be back. People who know us know that Cody and I are always going back and forth, but I, I do have to say he's opened up my mind to different ways of thinking about finances. And I've definitely grown because of it. So I can only thank you for that. Appreciate it, man. And I have definitely grown and challenged myself in ways that I wouldn't have if we had never spoken before. 
Grant Sabatier is the creator of Millennial Money, author of the book Financial Freedom, and host of the Financial Freedom Podcast. I've had the privilege to spend many hours caught up in philosophical conversations with him and almost always come out smarter and ready for more. Grant, what's up, man? Hey, so glad to be back on. I could like sit and talk with Grant forever. <laughs> Sometimes we get on <laughs> Skype and we just keep going. Love our conversations and looking forward to today as well. Definitely. And Philip Taylor, or as you may know him as PT Money, is a CPA, a blogger, and CEO and creator of the FinCon Conference. His mission is to help you improve your life by discovering and scaling a part-time hustle or small business idea. I thank him almost every time I see him for the deep and important work he does with FinCon and how he has created a community that transforms lives. PT, I, I literally say this to you every time. Thank you for putting together this conference because it is one of those first places that I truly felt part of a community. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for having me back on. I am really excited today to talk about the Financial Freedom Summit Behind closed doors, all four of us have been talking about it quite a lot. I'm excited to open up those doors and let people hear about what a fantastic conference this is going to be. Cody, I'd like to start with you. I feel like the whole story starts with two guys in a van on a book tour. Tell me about how the idea for this summit came about. Yeah, so the two guys in that van that you're referring to is myself and Grant, who is also recording with us in this podcast today. And we had probably, I don't know, Grant, maybe 40 or 50 events under our belt at this point. We had been going around city to city. We were doing bookstores, high schools, brewery meetups, like literally everything you could possibly think of. We would have a place and a time, a bunch of people would come and they'd want to talk about personal finance. A revelation for me, honestly, was on Easter day, Grant had an event at a library in Calgary. This is Easter day. The library is closed and we had over a hundred people show up. We're like, wow, there's a really huge demand for this type of thing. People want to come learn about finance. They want to talk about personal finance. And there's not a place and a time for them to do it. And so I think it was maybe when we were driving down from Calgary to Montana Grant, where we're like, how can we take this thing to the next level? He's like, I got the book done. I have a podcast. I have a blog. I'm doing all these different things. And then the, uh, the light bulb moment was, let's do an event. Let's do an event where we can just talk about personal finance. It's different. I know we're probably going to get into like how it's different from FinCon, but it's an event where just people like you, me, your neighbor, like anyone who's vaguely interested in taking their personal finance to the next level, that's what we really want to deliver with the summit. And Grant, did you have immediate buy-in to this idea? Were you like, yes, we're doing this? Or was there any trepidation when you first came to the idea? I'm someone who I love to do a lot of things and I get really excited about a lot of things. And then sometimes I just get too crazy too fast. But this is one of the few moments in my life over the past five years where we started talking about it and immediately there was no trepidation. It was, yeah, let's throw a stake in the ground. The first thing we thought was, okay, when can we do it? And we picked a date before we really kind of picked anything else. And we thought, okay, where can we do it? All right, St. Louis, it's you know, really from the beginning, we wanted the event to be as affordable as possible and as accessible as possible. Because I think building on what Cody said, for me, it was less about, oh, there's demand for this and more that there's such a need and such a hunger. And by the time that we were already driving from Calgary to Montana, we talked with thousands and thousands of people. And so many of them, the one thing they'd say is, thanks for coming to our town. Thanks for facilitating this conversation. Thanks for inspiring us to all get together. Thanks for uh, you know the inspiration. And so 
the light bulb moment was we all listen to podcasts and read blogs and read books, but when do you get to meet face to face with someone who's actually done what you're trying to do or who's on the process or on the journey that you're on? And so that was cool as well. And we noticed that people in the meetups, in the book signings, were staying after the event was even over and talking to each other and exchanging phone numbers with what were complete strangers only a couple of hours ago uh, because they were all so united in the fact that they were choosing to live life on their own terms or they wanted to. And here are other people that wanted to do the same. And so, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And in this case, Cody and I had no conference experience and thankfully PT and our friendship, we were able to join forces. And it's really an incredible mix of people putting this on together. And it's so much bigger than all of us. And that's what I'm really, really excited about as well. You guys put a stake in the ground fairly quickly because Paul and I interviewed you for the What's Up Next podcast while you were still on the Financial Freedom Book Tour. And you announced it at least through us at that point. So you decided fairly quickly that you were going forward. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there was once we started talking about it, there was no question that we were going to do it. It was just when and where and how. That's the great thing. It was just so clear. It was so immediate. I think we were talking to you sitting somewhere in Nebraska in a parking lot. (laughs) And um, yeah, by then we were already completely sold. I was also really inspired because I've been to a lot of money conferences and I'm not going to name any of them, but I go because I want this. I wanted what we're trying to create here. And outside of FinCon, which is really a content creator conference, I've never been able to find it. You know, most of the money events, they're trying to sell you $10,000 packages and invest in this and invest in that. And, you know, it always just made me feel kind of sick in my stomach. So I was like, where is there an event where people can come and get high quality information and know that they're not being sold a bill of goods? And so that's where, you know, really the heart of this comes from. PT, one of the first things I hear when people find out that you are involved in the Financial Freedom Summit, their first question is always, well, how is this going to be different from FinCon? Talk to us a little bit about how the feel and content of this conference is going to be different. If I were to you know, distill FinCon down into what it is and what it has become, I guess, that's what a grant said there, a conference for creators, people who are doing work online in personal finance and investing. So they're speaking to consumers, they're speaking to people who are interested in, in moving their money situation forward. They're not necessarily those folks, even though through the years, we've actually started to pick up a lot of people at FinCon who are not creators. In 2017, I believe we had Your Money Live, sort of a little mini conference within FinCon for consumers, for people who just weren't creators but wanted to come experience FinCon. We've also had the community pass as part of FinCon the past few years because we just know, like Grant said, there's just not really a good big conference out there in personal finance and investing or there's some really bad ones. And so um, we wanted to always be sort of an open door for them. But at the same time, we felt like we couldn't necessarily serve them 100%. This event in its initial stages, at least, will be 100% meant to serve folks who are all about improving their financial life. Right. And so whereas FinCon is sort of helping the helpers, this is going straight to the people. It's got a much bigger scope. We can affect, you know, tens of thousands of people with this event and could be a really big festival, a big celebration for years to come. And so honored to be 
working with these gentlemen on this event. This is something we wanted to do in some way. We were testing the waters within our own event, but it just never felt really right. And so when I saw the vision that Grant and Cody had and the excitement they had for this event, it really resonated with me and my team. And so we were honored to jump on board and make our contribution. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for that, PT. I, I think it's important to add that money is something we all have a relationship with. And that relationship changes as you change. In my own case, even though I'm one of the creators of this, I'm really excited for the event and to sit in on some sessions. I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't put a little star on the schedule next to the sessions that I'm going to be attending personally, because my own relationship with money continues to change. And there's people at this event, all the speakers I really admire, you know, most of them I call my friends, but they're people just like you, Doc G, that when I talk with them, I get super pumped and I learn things. Literally today, I was emailing with a speaker and he's like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, well, personally, here's what I want you to talk about, because I know I can get a lot from it as well. And that's the important thing. We're all in this journey together. And it's about support as well. So I want to come out of this knowing that if I have a particular question, you know, I can reach out to a person and it's not about me. It's not even about the three of us. It's about the collective and the group and the shared mission that we live in a time where despite all the stress and the challenges, it's never been easier to make enough money to live a life you love. I'm just as pumped to attend as I am to speak and organize. Grant, speak a little bit to the speakers. You have a list of over 50 speakers who are attending. How are you going to organize that? And how are they going to be interacting with attendees? So these are 50 of who you know we personally view as the unique voices in money. And when I say unique, they all have very different perspectives And they all really fulfill that criteria of living life on their own terms. And that's the important thing is that they're all living very different lives in very different ways. And they've all managed money in very different ways. And so that's the cool thing is they're all taking different approaches and some which I disagree with, some which I agree with. There'll be a healthy debate around things like should you invest in real estate or not. So it's going to be organized uh, really the first day is the life day. It's uh, I'm not going to give away too much, but you know, none of this matters if you don't enjoy your life. And so I wanted to flip the traditional idea. We always talk about money, 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 and then we try to fit our life into how much money we're making, or in a lot of cases, try to fit our life and get into debt because we spend a lot more money than we have. And so I wanted to flip it on its head. And instead of just talking about money, we'll get to that. Let's talk about our lives and what motivates us and you know why are we even here why did we make this trek? And so the first day is really focused on mindset and what does it mean to live a meaningful life? And you know, we're going to be hearing from Vicki Robin and JD Roth and Jamila Soufran and Christy and Bryce. And then the breakout sessions get really deep into what does it mean to leave a legacy and build a family and be a sustainable investor. And you know, there, there's an entire mom track and that's really the focus of the first day. And then the second day, once you've kind of thought about life and what kind of life you want to live and where you're at and how money fits into that. The second day is the tactics. We're getting into very specifically um, what's keeping you stuck right now in your full-time job with your side hustle. Should you have a side hustle Are you are, or are you just wasting your time? Are you making the most of your money and how you're investing it? Are you building a portfolio that allows you to live the life that you want and also protects you for an increasingly uncertain future? And so 
The second day is really focused on the tactics. Then it ends with a number of keynotes that kind of bring it all together. But there's also going to be a lot of time, and we'll talk about this, for communities within the community to meet up. And so that's one of the things that we're most excited about is that there's already groups of people getting together and coordinating, getting together at the event. And so there's some formal and informal meetups. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to connect even outside of the program. And that's really cool as well. I saw a group of Midwestern attendees starting to form a meetup group and first-time attendees and single mothers. And the schedule, it's pretty locked down. We've got about 95% of it in place. There's some new speakers. We just added Chris Gillibo, the $100 startup, New York Times bestselling author, an incredible guy, really, uh, who helped pave the way for this type of lifestyle. So we just brought him on board and he's going to be speaking uh, on Friday. And so we've got it pretty locked down and we're going to be releasing that schedule to the attendees at least a couple of weeks before the event. Cody, some people will think of this as a FIRE, Financially Independent Retire Early Summit. Is that a mischaracterization? Yeah. So one thing we really didn't want to do was just have this be a FIRE or a five-person event. Well, myself and Grant are very much so into that space. Like That's where most of my content is focused. The whole personal finance tent, the whole personal finance atmosphere is so much bigger than just FIRE or FIRE. There are people who are in $100,000 of debt just trying to get to that $90,000 mark. There are people who are just trying to get a budget together. I think sometimes we get really, really siloed and even the thought of financial independence can scare those people away. Someone who, like I just mentioned, is in six figures of debt. They've never made a budget before. If you say, hey, you should save up a million dollars and retire 10 years, they're probably just going to shut off their ears and they're not even going to be vaguely interested in what you're talking about. So we're trying to get like every single camp under this personal finance tent here. So we're going to have the budgeters. We're going to have the debt people. Like Grant said, we're going to have the moms and side hustles. We're going to have the dad crew. We're going to have the families. Like We're going to have everyone. Like Nobody is excluded from this event. Anyone who's remotely interested, who's remotely touching personal finance, those are the types of people that will be attending and that we want to be attending this event. PT, Cody was just talking about how big umbrella this event is going to be. You had mentioned the digital entrepreneurship that we see so much at FinCon. Do you think there'll be a digital entrepreneur space also at the Financial Freedom Summit? Certainly. I think uh, side hustling and entrepreneurship is a natural extension of personal finance. And there's only so much you can do to reduce your expenses, but the on the income side of the equation, it's limitless. And so for me, even at ptmoney.com, you see our focus is entirely now on side hustling, entrepreneurship, real estate investing. So it's on that positive income side. And so yes, absolutely. I think that will be a natural component of it. And there's bound to be a ton of creators there from the FinCon community and, and folks who are interested in those topics. So I think that'll naturally come up as a subsection of the conference and the conversations that are happening. Sure. The Financial Freedom Facebook page is now live and we're seeing members sign up many, many every day. And so we put out a call there to ask the eventual attendees, what were their questions for you guys? And I'm going to throw a few of these questions out and give you a chance to answer them. Grant, I'm going to start with you. Dylan Reckling from the Financial Summit Facebook group asks, how do I make the most of it? What can I do to get involved? So he wants to know how to make the most of this summit. And are there ways he can get involved even now? Yeah, it's a good question. So one of the things that we're going to be doing about a month before the event is a big Zoom group hangout where we're going to introduce 
some of the speakers on the call. We're going to allow attendees to start connecting with each other. So keep a lookout certainly for that because there's going to be a lot of information shared as well as a few recommended readings that while not required will certainly give you a little bit more context as you're going into the event. So stay tuned for that. I think one of the most important things also, whenever you're making the financial and more importantly, time commitment to be away from your family and your community and show up somewhere, it's important to think about what you want to get out of it. Often when it comes to money, there's some friction point somewhere likely in your life. Most of us are stuck in some way, whether it's an old set of limiting beliefs, whether it's a fear that we're not making the most of our life or that we're not pursuing the career that we should, or maybe we're hanging on at a job that uh, just doesn't make us feel good about ourselves. And so coming into an event like this, being as honest with yourself as you can be about where do you feel stuck in your life and having that be, I don't want to say part of your intention, just bring that with you. You know, think about it, meditate on it, put it in a little bag and bring it with you because that becomes a filter, at least for me when I go to these, you know, events, it becomes a filter through which I see everything. So if your one goal is, here's why I'm stuck, uh, I want to figure out how to get unstuck, I can't think of a better takeaway from two days than an action plan to get you unstuck. And so coming in with that, and then the last thing, just be open. That's extremely important. We often think that we kind of have money figured out, especially people in the financial independence space or even the personal finance space. But being open is kind of the call to action because you're gonna hear a lot of things that might sound crazy or might sound impossible or that you might not believe that you could ever accomplish but you're gonna be looking at someone who has. And that person up on the stage likely isn't that much different than you. Be prepared for maybe being a little bit uncomfortable in that sense that some of those ideas that have been holding you back, now that you've met people who have done it, it might fire you up, but also scare you in a way because now you've seen it and met someone, you don't have really the excuse to not take those steps in your own life. And I'll just add that he did say it, but Grant, I mean, folks need to pick up your book too, I think leading up to the conference. So Financial Freedom is an amazing book. I think it would be a great guidebook leading into the conference. So you haven't read that yet, be sure and pick that up. That'd be an excellent resource going into the event. A lot of times we go to these conferences for just money management tips, but obviously people are interested in much more. Michelle from Frugality Freedom asked on the Facebook page, will you be exploring other topics beyond money management, e.g. such as mindset, values-based spending, investing, charitable giving, and building up other forms of wealth along the way, such as social capital, positive environmental impact, and community? It sounds like that's exactly what's going to be taking place at the Financial Freedom Summit. There's going to be a lot of talk about mindset, especially on that first day. Yeah, I think Grant really crushed this one earlier when you asked. And that first day is seriously all about mindset. Like, of course, money management is important. And like PT mentioned, we're going to be talking about the side hustling and entrepreneurship because taking care of the income side of the equation is important as well. 
But literally that whole first day, Doc G, is money mindset. It's about getting your money aligned with your values. It's about social capital. It's about all those awesome things you just mentioned. And I know we have a pretty impressive speaker roster of people who have been talking about these same ideas, these same concepts, people like Vicky Robin. I know, Grant, your friend Lisa Peterson does an incredible job speaking about these types of concepts. And so, yeah, man, that that whole first day, I think Michelle is going to be in for a treat when she gets there. And there's not going to be much money management talk. It's all going to be about your relationship with money, how you can fit money into your life, and how you can use money to create a life you love. One of the things that I'm super pumped about is we've got a lot of this organized I'm starting to get emails from speakers who are talking behind the scenes about wanting to do another panel. Um, Most of the talks at the event are actually solo talks. And so it's going to be someone up presenting, doing a QA. and a You asked, you know, how can attendees expect to engage with speakers? One of the core components of this event is having the speakers be accessible to you. And so we've talked to a lot of speakers about staying longer and answering Q&As in the hallway or having different rooms. And actually, the last event is actually a Q&A where a number of the speakers are going to be on the stage. So you're going to have learned so much throughout the two days, then you can actually ask that question, whether it's to me or to someone else. So that's really important as well. But there's all these, like I got one this morning from Vicki Robin talking about she wants to do a panel on the ABCs of wealth with two people and literally says, I want this panel to be focused on the other forms of wealth beyond money. And literally sent me that email this morning. And so that's a panel that we hadn't planned for that speakers are getting together and creating it. And that's going to be really exciting. I think the schedule, there's going to be a lot of events to choose from. It's important to note that we will actually be filming all of the sessions. And so in some form, you'll have access to sessions that you know you might not have been able to attend after the fact. You know what? I love our meals from Factor. My son started getting them about a year ago when he needed a quick alternative to meals on the go. But where we've really enjoyed them is we've been remodeling our kitchen. That's right. We've had no access to our kitchen for the last few weeks. And some nights, we just had no idea what to do for a meal. That is where Factor came in. We would just pop the meal in the microwave, and two minutes later, we'd have a fantastic meal. You can do the exact same thing, and there's tons of variety. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week. These are chef-prepared meals, and let me tell you, they are delicious. No fuss, no mess. You just put it in the microwave, and two minutes later, you have a meal. This is tailored to your schedule. You can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Head to factormeals.com slash earn50 and use your code earn50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code earn50 at factormeals.com slash earn50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is... There's something better, and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago, and I knew immediately 
that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor, and it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer-focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. And also important to note that with all this mindset talk, there still will be money management information, tactical talks, and materials that help you with the tactical as well as the mindset. PT, I wanted to jump to a question for you. Andy Hill asks on Facebook, will there be a mentor-mentee program? Any thoughts about that? That's something we do at FinCon, and that's been really successful, where we pair sort of a, a newbie or someone who's just coming into the space with a pro, and we require all of our speakers to participate in that. I'm not sure of schedule whether it allows it or not, but that's certainly something as a group, the event creators here, we could we can entertain. So I'm open to it. What do you think, fellas? We will create, we'll just do this. This is another stake <laughs> we're putting in the ground. We'll create a room where you can go and meet someone who's further along in the journey than you are and get your questions answered. Whether that blossoms into a mentor mentee relationship over time. Obviously, it's all about fit, but we'll make sure that that's facilitated, you know, at the summit in some way. I think another important thing to note is that like, while we're probably not going to have like a formal mentee mentor type thing where like you're meeting this person at 11, 15 a.m. I know a lot of conferences that I've heard about and I've been to. Sometimes you'll like have this big speaker go up and then they'll just like go into the green room and you can't see them. They're unaccessible for the rest of the day. I do not think that's going to be the vibe whatsoever at the summit. You're going to see these speakers in the hallway. Like Grant mentioned, you're going to see these speakers in some sort of breakout room or maybe at some event later after the conference is officially over for that day. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, say, if you see a speaker talking about real estate, to get in a couple of real estate questions, whether it's you know at a dinner or it's at some late night event, like whatever that thing might be, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to get this knowledge from these people, even if it's not in a formal hey, let's meet from 11 to 11.15 a.m. on the scheduling app and like we have this mentor-mentee thing set up. But I think there's going to be just a ton of opportunity to get that information. Yeah, and that's another benefit of the informal community meetups that are going to happen as well. I mean, people are naturally just going to be attracted to the folks who are maybe on their pathway or doing the same things in their local area or just they can relate to them in some way. And so I think those community meetups will lead to those relationships too. 
Grant, we have one last Facebook question. Evan Sledge asks, how can attendees prepare to maximize their experience at the conference? Check out my book, Financial Freedom, if you haven't. Another one I'd recommend is Quit Like a Millionaire by Christian Bryce Shen, who will be two of the keynotes. They focus more on geo-arbitrage and have a number of different investing strategies that are interesting. Also, check out Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robin who will be another keynote speaker. So doing a little bit of that pre-reading certainly could be helpful while not essential. And then, yeah, just, just thinking about what you want to get out of it. I can't harp on that enough. This is a really kind of once in a lifetime opportunity. And I don't say that lightly. We plan to do this every year, but A, there's no guarantee of that. And B, this is a moment. I mean, it's a moment in time. There's going to be a particular group of people and energy and you can't recreate that. It's going to be special. And so wanting to get the most out of it and being curious, curiosity is also very important. You know, this is an opportunity that I haven't had before that all these attendees haven't had before. There's nothing like this. I can say that with a hundred percent certainty, come ready for, uh, for something special. I'll add a couple things. First is if you do have a buddy or a relative or someone who you think could benefit from this conference, make time now to invite them and try to get them involved. I sometimes like going to events where I have sort of a friend in tow. Not that I don't want to meet new people or experience the event in its entirety, but it's good to have kind of a, a conference buddy to attack it with. That would take some time to consider who you could bring and you know help impact their life. And then secondly, I would just say, you know, we're going to have a lot of things on the schedule, break different breakouts, and you're just not going to be able to necessarily do it all. So make sure you, at some point, spend some time prioritizing what you want to do see live. And then like Grant said, you could pick up the rest post, but also sort of make room in your schedule for serendipity for meeting someone in the hallways and that conversation kind of sort of going over the next session um, so that you might not be able to attend it. And that's okay. Like, because then you have a relationship, right? So plan a little bit, but have some flexibility in those plans. Coming in with a little bit of energy, a little bit of calm, I I think is going to be really beneficial and being able to plan that a couple weeks in advance. If you're super tired and super burnt out, you're not going to get as much out of it. I was about to say, Grant, you know, lots of these get togethers, we think that we're going to go there, learn all day and party all night. This might be one of the first ones that I specifically plan to go to bed early for the first few nights. We all have different forms of uh, energy and it depends. I'm not planning to sleep for three days, so I'm going to be amply prepared going into it. The hope is that this really stirs some emotions. Some of the sessions are specifically designed to unpack some stuff that might be, you know, maybe a little uncomfortable for you or might you know elicit some emotional intense reactions i hope to see some tears money is complicated you got to be open to the things that you don't expect and you got to also be kind to yourself as well because the one thing i don't want to happen is for anyone to come and say wow look at all these people who have done amazing things why am i so far behind or why am i not able to do that and it's important to me that everyone who attends feels not only supported, but also realizes that all of this is like the gravy. Just the fact of showing up, you're probably doing 99% of the things that you should be doing. 
And in a lot of cases with money, just doing something is good enough. And so I want to make sure that you, know, you don't come and you look at Grant or me, and I get this sometimes, it's like, oh, I could never do that. Well, maybe you couldn't. And in fact, I actually regret a number of the things that I did, and I wouldn't do it again either. You know, that's what makes us human. If you feel tired, you need to rest and skip the session, do that. You know, if you need to reflect, and I'm sure there's some people who come and maybe your mind will be so blown that you'll have to take some time and take a walk. It's actually a beautiful place to take a walk. I'd like to take a pause for a moment and recap. In the first half of the show, Grant, Cody, and PT answered Facebook members' questions about the Financial Freedom Summit. After the break, we delve even more into detail about this epic event. But before we do, I wanted to say thanks to Joust for supporting Earn and Invest. Have you ever thought about starting your own business? Perhaps you wanted to begin a side hustle or passion project, but weren't sure where to begin. Ensuring a steady income will always be one of the first things you think of and could be the reason why you don't eventually take the leap. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. Business banking can feel complicated, but Joust makes it easy. PayArmor, Joust's invoice payment guarantee product, supports the 71% of the gig economy workforce that experiences non-payment. You can sign up for Joust for free at try.joust.com backslash WUN and enter the promo code WUN and get $100 in credits. That's try.joust.com slash W-U-N. Cody, what do you hope people come out of this event having learned? It's a little far-fetched to say every single person has some a revelatory idea, but I remember like my first in-person event, I left with like such a redignified sense of purpose. Like I feel like I knew what I was meant to do. My values were so much more in line with the way I was living. I left rejuvenated. I met all these awesome people who, of course, you can read all these blogs and listen to us on podcasts like this. But until you like shake hands with someone who's actually doing something incredible that you didn't know was possible, you can read and you can do all that stuff. For me, it was like that first handshake. So if that's the thing that's like a revelation to people, if it's something, if it's that one little piece of information they hear in one of our awesome speaker sessions, obviously it's different for every single person. But if people leave with like one big idea or one revolutionary experience or just something that really pivots, whether it's their mindset or their money journey or something in their life, that is what I want everyone to leave with. PT, I know my answer for this question, but I want to ask you, can a conference change someone's life? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's changed. One has changed my life for sure. And uh, the folks sort of in my circles with FinCon, it can, especially, you know, if, as Cody says, you know, you come together and you see what's possible. It opens up a, a new world for you. And the money, I think, is especially a topic that we don't oftentimes see what's real or what's possible with our neighbors, friends, and family that are around us. And so when you surround yourself with people who are willing to have those conversations about financial freedom and pursuing something and have that growth mindset, it can be very intoxicating, you know, and then you can all of a sudden you shake hands with someone and you're like, oh, that person's real, you know, they may be ahead of me on the journey, but now I can see that that's possible for me. And so Absolutely. Events, especially ones that you personally opt into yourself. I think everyone should go to an event or two every year that they, not their company sent them to, but they personally want to go to, to surround themselves with people they need to be around. And yeah, it can be really inspiring. And those relationships now have lasted me more than 10 years and they've continued to hold me accountable to some of those early goals and aspirations I had for myself. 
and it's great having friends too. Yeah, the one thing I'll add is these speakers are some of the best people that I've ever met in my entire life. Not just speakers, but people. And they're good people and they're kind people and they're real people. They're down to have real conversations. I've chatted with most of them for many, many hours. And it's important to take advantage of that as well. And I think that hopefully that's the spirit of the entire event where you can be you. I mean, that's the point. It's a safe space. And that's why we're creating it this way. Cody, will the Financial Freedom Summit community continue after the event? Oh, 100%. And that's one of my favorite parts about going to any type of event is like the people you meet, you don't want to just meet them and they're the best person ever and then just never talk to them again. So there'll definitely be some formal solicitation of conversation from us in the Facebook group in that community. But I'm sure like we've been mentioning, there's going to be these little offshoots. They're just bound to happen. If these five people meet and they're all interested in the same thing, they might start a little group chat. They might start their own little thing. So I think there's definitely tons of room for conversation after the event. And obviously, hopefully some of the topics at the event will be the centers of those conversations. And yeah, we'll do our best to facilitate those conversations. And Grant, I feel like there is a silent partner in the Financial Freedom Summit, and that's the city of St. Louis. How did you come up with St. Louis? Why there? The cheapest place to fly to in the United States. Literally, that was the reason we chose it. One of the things that's very important to me from a mission perspective is I don't want financial difficulty to hold anyone back from making a change in their financial life. We do have to charge this year. Most tickets are under $200. You know, you can fly from most places in the U.S., get a hotel room, split it with a friend and be all in for, you know, six or $700, which is a lot of money, but by far the least expensive conference that I've ever been to uh, or that I know about. And then the goal ideally for next year is to actually try and make the event completely free. And so underwritten by sponsors. This year, it's actually very expensive to host over a thousand people, as we've learned everything from permits to, I mean, it's, there's so many elements to it. And so we had to charge this year, but ideally next year it's free or at some point in the future, because I want anyone who wants to come and make that commitment to be able to show up and come. And I hope that I regret saying that one day and we've got 20,000 people who show up to our next one. But St. Louis is a beautiful city. It's at the Hilton, right downtown, right across the street from the ballpark. And yeah, there's a lot of great restaurants. It's right by the Arch. It's a great walkable city. It's very inexpensive. And uh, there's great people in St. Louis as well. It's got that good vibe. And so I'm really excited to bring the event there. We'll probably move it around to different cities uh, as the years pass. But you know, I want to always make it as affordable as possible. PT, I feel like you're the voice of reason. You're the experienced conference organizer. Maybe you need to talk Grant down a little bit here. Are you really thinking that maybe in the future, this could be a free to attendee conference? (laughs) I like that idea, actually. I love reducing the barriers as much as possible to get people to come experience this movement, really, which is a powering personal finance movement where people can move toward a positive place with their money. And the more the merrier, I say. And so that means we have to go to them and have sponsors underwrite it. That's totally fine with me. Sure, events cost, but 
there's ways to do them that add a lot of value, but also can be uh, you know, a negligible cost for the attendees. I think it's important to also note that it is an investment uh, in terms of getting there and getting your know, room and getting your ticket. Um, but it's an investment that ideally will pay off in many more dividends down the road for all the individuals who come to the event. Um, and I know, Grant, we've got some bonuses and, and some additional things that folks get as you know, part of the event, whether that's the videos of the sessions or a workbook to continue working through this or a community be, to be attached to. So if you think about it just in terms of, oh, it's $200 just to be in St. Louis for those two days, that's sort of minimizing what this entire experience you know, we're offering here. So maybe you could speak to more of what folks will get after the event and then sort of how we'll bridge like this event to the next year. Cody or Grant, any teasers about what things might be coming down the pike for the event for the attendees? Yeah. So I know PT just mentioned it. We're going to have a workbook where you can work through it at the conference. You're going to be able to fill in your little notes and then you're going to be able to work through that workbook, like at your own pace. So you could, you know, finish up all the lessons and all the text and read through everything and make those changes in your own personal financial life next year. It could take you a year to do it, or you could do it, you know, the next couple of weeks following the event, but it's not just about the summit. Like PT was saying, like, we want this information to stick with you. We want you to take action on it. We want to make that process as easy as possible. Cause I know like for, even for me, sometimes I try to say that I'm a doer. Like if I take a course or if I'm learning this information, you're like, I'm going to implement it. But a lot of times I just learn the information and then I don't actually act on it, which kind of stinks. So I think we're trying to build up the easiest path for people to actually act on this. So have the community. That's one. That's like the accountability partners have a workbook. So you can actually like jot down your progress, see that you're paying down your debt, see that you're making this income with your side hustle. Just trying to make that as easy as possible again to take action. So Grant, clearly the first thing we should do is go to Financial Freedom Events and get our ticket. The next thing we should do is join the Financial Freedom Facebook group. What other events or things are coming out before the actual conference itself? Is there anything on the horizon we should be looking out for? Yeah, so definitely once you sign up, look out for that Zoom meeting invite. We're going to have a pre-conference conference. It's going to happen about a month before the actual event, so in early April. And so keep a lookout for that, as well as some other content that we're going to be releasing with some of the speakers that will be there. So we'll start releasing some more information. And so you, you should have a really good feel for some of the content before the actual event. And you know this goes back to what Cody was talking about. It's also okay if you come and you don't implement any of the tactics. All this only matters if you are loving your life and enjoying your life. And so if you come and maybe you realize that everything that you think that you want, maybe you already have, or something that you thought would change your life really won't, or maybe you always thought that money was that thing that was missing, you know, that's an incredible outcome as well. Because at the end of the day, I hope that no matter what you take away from the conference, you go back a little bit happier about the life that you live. And if you don't feel like you're living the life that you want, you have some tangible steps that you can take. And the goal is that you come back the next year. And then once you've built the life that you wanted, help others do the same. You know, we're all in this together and we can all help in so many unexpected ways. And so, you know, once you, once you've reached that point, give back. And, you know, you asked if a conference can change your life. 
our life is already changing in every moment. And that's the most beautiful thing about it is that if you feel stuck today, tomorrow you might not be stuck. There's few better ways to do that than fully immersing yourself around a lot of people who are doing what you want to do and learning from people who've already done it. Like I can't literally think of anything better. Talk about high ROI. And so I'm pumped. I'm just, I'm so pumped. (laughs) Before giving you guys each a chance to tell us what's up next in your life and where we can find you. I just wanted to give a little background insight. I've had the privilege to be privy to some of these conversations from the beginning of the planning of the Financial Freedom Summit. And if I were to use one word to describe what I think it's all about, it's impact. From the beginning, I feel all three of you have concentrated on this idea of how can we help people create the most impact in their life. And by getting them together with the right mix of people, the right mix of conversations, providing both mentors and mentees and putting it out there, it's clear to me that you are working on making the most impactful conference possible. And uh, I look forward to not only attending, but to see people's faces as they go through the process. All right. So PT, I'm going to give you a chance to tell us what's up next in your life besides the summit and where can we find you? Sure. What's up next for me? I uh, just finished paying off my first rental property. Uh, We're probably going to be looking at taking some uh, excess cash in the future and purchasing a second property. I also, of course, am busy, you know, running FinCon as well. And so we're about six or seven months out from that. So we're starting some of our marketing there. You can find more information about me on my blog at ptmoney.com or hit me up on Twitter at ptmoney. Cody, what's up next in your life and where can we find you? Yeah, well, where you listening to these airwaves, you can also listen to my voice over at The Fi Show, which is my podcast. Also have a blog, which is pretty much my hub for all my stuff going on. That's at Fly to Fi. And yeah, well, I know you can't, we can't mention the conference, so I won't mention that, but I'm equally as excited as Grant about the conference. We're doing a lot of communication and doing last minute final touches on stuff. So we're going to be having a lot of announcements for those who have already signed up. And yeah, man, I think that's pretty much actually PT. Speaking of rental properties, I'm looking at purchasing. It's either going to be a duplex, triplex, or quadplex. Haven't really decided yet, but it's going to be my first house hack. (laughs) So Grant, it sounds like real estate is what's up next. I I might allow you to mention the Financial Freedom Summit a little bit, but uh, what's up next in your life and where can we find you? So obviously the summit is taking up quite a bit of time and I've just put the finishing touches on the outline for my second book which I plan to start writing in July of this year. And it should take me uh, about a year or so to write. No way I can write right now with the summit and everything else going on, but I'm I'm excited to dig back in and come out of the summit with, uh, I'm sure what will be new questions and new material. But a lot of the genesis of the second book comes from the book tour that Cody and I went on and, and really revolves around that idea of, you know, people kind of understand the tactics of money, but they still feel stuck or like they're not enough in their own life. And so that's what I'm excited to build on and get back writing. I'm a writer in my heart. It takes a lot of time to write a book. And so I'm clearing out everything to make the space and dive back into that. And you can find me at, uh, at millennialmoney.com on Instagram. 
You can find all of us shortly at Financial Freedom on Instagram. So the official Instagram account of the summit will all be there posting. And uh, if you have a very granular personal finance question, check out millennialmoney.com. All right. Well, this has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank PT Money, Cody Berman, and Grant Sabatier. The Financial Freedom Summit will be May 1st through 3rd in St. Louis, Missouri. Get your tickets at financialfreedomevents.com. That's a wrap. Are you ever scrolling through your Facebook feed and wonder, boy, I wish I could listen to another episode of the Earn and Invest podcast. Well, now you can engage in our content in two different ways. One, you can go to our website, www.earnandinvest.com. That's E-A-R-N-A-N-D-I-N-V-E-S-T.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook at the Earn and Invest Facebook group. The easiest way to get there is www.diversify.com backslash Facebook. That's D-I-V-E-R-S-E-F-I dot com backslash Facebook. We hope to see you there and engage with our community on topics very similar to the ones you'll find on the podcast. Now back to the show. So I'd like to welcome back Rob Phelan. He is the writer behind The Phi Educator and his newly released book, The Simple Startup. And we are going to be discussing episode 82 are all teachers poor? First of all, Rob, welcome to the show. Doc G, thanks so much for having me again. I knew when I was doing this episode that I wanted to talk to you about it. And I, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, what do you think about the title? Oh, I love it. I mean, when you were like posting about it on your Facebook group, I was like, no, I just missed out on being on this panel. That was such an amazing panel of people you had. And I was like, you know, I was so excited for when it was going to come out. And then, you know, it, it did not let down. And yeah, the title, Are All Teachers Poor? A little clickbaity, but at the same time, like, man, you followed it up with a great piece and it um, it didn't deviate at all. And it was an awesome discussion by the three of them. Yeah, I have to admit, sometimes the titles have to be a little bit clickbaity because we do want people to see the title and think, hmm, that's interesting. But I always try to make sure that they fit the episode, that it's something we talked about and debated. So we had the millionaire educator on along with Frog Dancer Jones and Educator Fi. It started to hit me, especially talking to you also, that we have more and more teachers as part of the financial independence movement. Are you finding that there's a large community there? I am. We have an educator FI group, so Choose a FI educators, and that group just keeps growing every single day. I admin this group for Choose a FI, and every day I'm adding probably one to five people. Sometimes like some particular episode comes out where it's relevant to teachers and they like they flock to the group and yeah, it just it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't know, is there anything different about teachers? Are we a profession who ask themselves a little bit sooner, like, do I have to do this forever? Is there another way? Or if we are just that kind of naturally curious mind where we're eager to learn and we know that there's ways to learn out there. So we turn to things like podcasts for education. It's funny. I realize I have two contradictory thoughts about teachers and money. One is this idea that teachers are poor, like the title suggests. But then I also have this other vision of teachers having these great pensions and finishing their teaching job somewhere in their 50s and then living off a full salary for the rest of their life. Do you see that other people feel this contradiction too? I don't think people would view the pension as being like the I guess the answer for everything. It's kind of like social security. It's like, it's there. It's enough to have an okay existence, but it's not fantastic. 
Educator Fai, he, he has a great article where he ranks the best states for teachers to pursue FI. And one of the data points he's looking at is the quality of the pensions in the different states. And you know, m- most states are pretty dismal when it comes to their pension. Like it's okay. It's nice to have, and you, you'll definitely take it because you also have all these retirement accounts available. And it does force a savings rate for most teachers, even if they don't realize it. So I think most teachers are at a 7% savings rate and they don't even know it. And it really brings the point to the fore that if you are a public educator in a public school, your benefits and your salary are very dependent on where you live. I don't think I ever appreciated that before this episode, how much pay and benefits can vary by location. Yeah. And just making sure that we don't just look at the pay, you do look at the benefits as well. Um, you know, a lot of teachers can look at the salary scales and be like, oh, this county or this state is better than another one. But they don't dig into the benefits to see, okay, is there actually better health insurance coverage? Um, is the pension better? And so on. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you do need to look at. And it does vary. You know, every county around me is different. I'm actually in like the worst paying county in my area, but I'm in one of the best benefits counties. So it's, it's an odd one. The other fun part of that conversation was the discussion about side hustles. I mean, you are the writer of The Simple Startup. So obviously you are aware of the fact that teachers side hustle, but there are really a few different types of side hustles, right? Because they're the teacher-oriented side hustles, things like tutoring, taking on a sports team, moving up in administration. But then you have teachers who have this summer break or have weekends free and are doing kind of the traditional side hustling, creating a whole different type of business, et cetera. Frog Dancer is the one who kind of started talking about that teachers don't often recognize that they are salespeople as well. There's this whole larger skill set that you have that maybe you don't realize. So yeah, a lot of us will tend towards things like tutoring or doing summer school, like just basically teaching, but extending your day a little bit. And then as soon as you start really digging into your skills and realizing, you know, you got a lot more to offer and entrepreneurship, like you can take that a lot of different ways. That's a, that's a big moment for me, at least as a teacher, where I realized, you know, I didn't have to go tutoring. I didn't have to do summer school. I didn't have to do the extended learning day. Um, There was a lot wider range of things I could do with my skills. You know, summer is a great opportunity to go pursue those things. And what's really nice is I had a conversation with a math teacher before, and he was kind of saying to me, you know, we're as math teachers, we're one of the the few subjects where we are not practicing our subject at home very much. Like there's, there's not a huge amount of math teachers who go home and like all they do is math problems all night. I haven't met one of those yet. Thankfully, that's not me. But you know, most other teachers, like if you're an English teacher, I'm assuming you have like a passion for reading. You like literature, maybe poetry as well. You might write a little bit. Uh, if you're a social studies teacher, maybe you're a history buff and you, know, you will be equipped to give something like tours or something like that, that will be within your niche, but something a little bit different. Um, if you're in any of the elective subjects, like you are working with computers, you're working with pottery, art, woodwork, agriculture, whatever it is, like you're set up for a hobby that could be monetized outside of school as well, because you're already a master of a craft. Believe it or not, I see a lot of similarities between doctoring and teaching. One is the side hustles and the skill set that you have. So it's very easy as a doctor to take on all sorts of doctoring-related side hustles outside of your nine-to-five job. The other similarity I really see is burnout. And we in medicine talk about burnout all the time, but it's a real issue for teachers also. Is that true? I think so. And it kind of goes back to, I think it was... I might have been Frog Dancer who said it, but just talking about that every school's got the teachers who shouldn't be there, that they feel like they've got the golden handcuffs on and they're stuck in their job until they hit 
at 30 years in or 65 or whatever the, the number is they need to get that pension. So when you feel locked into your job for a certain time period, I think it is, it is hard. And then teaching, like it's a hard job. Like people kind of knock it down. So like, Oh, we got summers off. You get, you know, weeks off or winter break or over a spring break, whatever. I speak for myself. I think I speak for a lot of teachers where like, you just need that to recharge. You're so exhausted by the end of a school year. Like that. All I want to do is just sleep for hours extra every day during the summer, just to try and catch up on a bit of a energy and you know, get it back. I know a lot of people in medicine actually look at financial independence as a possible antidote to burnout. And I'm wondering if teachers look at it the same way. Do you think burnout is driving people towards pursuing financial independence in the education realm? Yeah. And just, just like any other profession, I think that's one of the reasons we do choose FI is that we're looking for a way to make a choice for ourselves. So as soon as you no longer have to get up every morning and go into this job and it suddenly becomes, I'm choosing every morning to do this, I think everyone's mindset just shifts and suddenly now it's not as big a chore as it was. Um, it doesn't matter really how much you love your job. It's hard when you have to do it. Someone's forcing you to do it. There is you know, a, a stick basically as opposed to a carrot for going into work. And I think as soon as you have that choice, it immediately opens up a lot of doors. And then you kind of get that FU money sort of idea where you're like, you know what, I could take a year off from teaching and go pursue something else. I could come back when I'm ready. I've got this cushion there. Jerry talked about that a little bit and sounded so great. Just like, you know, I'll take a couple of years off. I'll dip back in again. I'll come off again. You know, I think teachers would love that. And it would be so re-energizing. And the other benefit of that FU money, which is something I didn't think about with teachers, but is also true, is that you can work part-time or you can do away rotations outside of the country. So there are a lot of options to teachers if they don't want to do the typical nine to five, stay in one school system for their whole life. Yeah. And like there's, there's an unofficial hierarchy to teaching. Like teachers can get given a schedule, usually dictated by administration. And if that schedule is kind of difficult. It's a lot of preps. So you could have multiple different classes you have to prepare for in one day. So for me, I have four different classes per day. So teachers are teaching three of them and you could have one preparation. So you're teaching the same class three times, or you could have three preps or you could have two. And the more preps you have, the more difficult your day gets because you have to shift focus. You have to prepare three different classes. You have to do all the grading it can be a really difficult schedule sometimes, and particularly like certain groups are harder to work with than others. Um, certain classes are more difficult than others. I find working with younger kids, so in high school, working with the freshmen is just a more draining experience than it is working with, say, the seniors. Just a different type of energy, different type of conversation that goes with it. I know some teachers feel really trapped. Like they get a schedule, they hate the schedule, they know it's going to be an absolute you know, burnout year for them where they're just going to have to grind it out because there just isn't a bright spark in that day and they can't leave it. Whereas if you had that FU money, you could be like, you know what? I don't like that schedule. Either let's change it up. Let's find something better. Or I'm going to find a different school district. Or I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to do something else. Like, I don't like this. Let me go. And it's not really that team player approach that maybe you want or you would expect from a teacher. But at the same time, like I feel teachers feel trapped as well with, with what they are given. So we're talking about episode 82, Are All Teachers Poor? with Rob Phelan. And Rob, I wanted to ask you, was there anything in the episode that you specifically didn't agree with? Definitely nothing that I was, was sticking out to me is like, I totally disagree with this. Um, I don't even think there was really much controversial points brought up. Things that I really wanted to talk about were like, how do we help teachers you know, get more towards this financial independence idea? 
I feel like I go to professional developments in my school and it's all about personal wellness, but they divide personal wellness up into like maybe mental, physical, and emotional a little bit. So we'll get PDs on mindfulness. We'll get PDs on eating well or exercising, maybe a little bit on, you know, preparing your mental state to kind of refresh, come back to teaching. We never talk about financial wellness. So I feel like teachers are just never given this education. If they don't get it in high school, they're probably not getting it in college. They're certainly not getting it as adults. And I'm wondering, like, is there a way that we need to start bringing this to teachers as well? And Frog Dancer was talking about the idea of having these type of discussions in the teacher's lounge and that she really wasn't in the past and is just starting to now. Not much financial talk in the teacher's lounge, huh? No, same here. Um, I get some teachers who approach me, but I feel like it's embarrassing sometimes if you've never dipped into the financial world to actually even come out and say like, hey, I'm having some problems with my finances. Like I'm getting close to retirement and it's looking bleak at the moment. You know, people don't really want to come out and have those conversations. And I think sometimes because I'm that little bit on the younger side that I scare away some of the older teachers who are closer to retirement. I'm not sure exactly what the reason is, but yeah, it's not a conversation I get a lot in school. There's maybe in my school of staff of 80, there's probably three or four teachers who I can talk about finances with who like openly want to talk about it. It sounds like too, this idea that more and more educators are learning about financial independence and creating content, whether that be blogs or podcasts, hopefully will start spreading the word just as it has in the medical fields and other fields, engineering, computers, et cetera. So maybe in the future, more and more of these blogs will open the doors for educators to start having these conversations. I think so. Um, you know, educators are teachers at heart. So it is nice that when they do find this information, they're very well equipped to spread that word to others. So they're very good speakers. Podcasting goes really well with teaching. Blogging and writing goes really well with most teachers as well. So at least it's something that when we do start learning about it, we're very equipped to spread that to other teachers. So Rob, by the time this comes out, you and I have already recorded an episode, but that may not have been put into the rotation yet. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about The Simple Startup before we close off tonight? Sure. The Simple Startup is a workbook that I created because I wanted to teach my students about entrepreneurship and I couldn't find a resource out there that really did it. Um, I knew I was the source of knowledge for my students and I wanted something that I could almost hand to them and say, this is going to guide you through the entrepreneurship process. And then I'm allowed to step back and be more of a facilitator for students. So they can go through this. It gives them you know, information about different parts of business. And then it has these different activities that kind of guide them where it gives probing questions to get them to shape their business idea. And then they go from start to finish. So business idea to actually having a running business, a real life business and it's one of the best experiences I think any high school student can go through, any student can go through. Um, I'm encouraging and I'm seeing a lot of parents picking this up and giving to their kids at home as well. And you know, all it takes is a parent just to kind of answer some questions like, what does this word mean? Um, what do you think about this idea? And if they don't know much about it themselves, they can pick up the instructor edition and that will help guide them with their questions that they should be asking their kid. Before we had our interview, I had the privilege of reading through The Simple Startup, and I was really impressed by this idea that is a one-stop shop. You can pick the book up, start with having very little knowledge, and by the end, have created a business and really have a much better feel for the process. So I'm real excited that it is now out. I think everyone should pick it up. Anyone who's interested in starting a business will definitely benefit from reading The Simple Startup. Rob Phelan, thanks for being on. I appreciate you coming back to talk about episode 82, Are All Teachers Poor, is available. 
Take a listen to the Earn and Invest podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, Rob. Thank you. What's going on, Cody? Nothing much, man. Living the dream. <laughs> always. Always, Cody. Always living the dream. What's going on, What's man? Up, guys? Yo, yo. What's, What's up? up? Got back from Miami, living the dream. <laughs> that's, that's what Cody said. Cody's like living the dream. Yeah, it's a good phrase. It's true. We're all living the dream. I was about to say, I'm starting to think that I'm not living the dream enough. I need to go to Miami or something. It's a good thing I remember to hit the record button, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I screwed that up once. I actually, I the did whole, that with the whole episode. The whole no, episode? just for like the first like. Less than five seconds. And oh, I okay. that. Awesome. Anything you guys want me to take out? <laughs> you care about your money. Of course you do. So why aren't you listening to SoFi Daily? This podcast will keep you updated on the latest news in the stock market and how it could impact your financial life. Stay on top of what's happening. Listen to SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's SoFi Daily, wherever you get your podcasts. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.